Welcome to At Home with Danae and Marisa, Uncorking Seattle Area Real Estate. We'll uncork the tips and tricks behind the bustling real estate scene in the greater Seattle area. I'm Danae, your mortgage lender. And I'm Marisa, your real estate broker. And together, we're your go-to guides for navigating the ever-changing landscape of buying and selling homes. Join us as we pour insight, share tips, and raise a glass to the exciting journey of buying and selling in the heart of the Pacific Northwest. We gotta open up our bottle of wine. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Tell us about so the this wine. one is from Bookwalter, which we're oh, both okay. members of. But this is their so good. So they have two different wines. They have their readers, uh-huh. and then they have their luxury. Okay. And this is from the reader. So it's it was I got I just got it from QFC. Oh. Um, you can get it, if, especially if you buy it, they constantly have case sales on it. So I think you can get it from the winery for like, I want to say like 16, 17, 18 bucks. Per bottle? Per and bottle. this is a Merlot. This is a Merlot. Okay. Um, I didn't even realize they were in stores. Yes. Their readers are okay. in stores. Oh, just, um, just, just their readers. One. Yeah. It's their, it's their like that. middle of the road. Okay. Got it. Um, they have a note. It's their notebook blend. You can get it for like nine bucks. That's and it tastes way more than that. So that was that was my COVID wine. <laughs> but this is a this is their readers. Um, I think at QFC is on sale for like twenty one, normally like twenty seven. Yeah, when I so, go to like the grocery store and I'm getting a bottle of wine, it's like it's got to be around twenty yes, for it to be worth yeah. my time. Um, I guess we're I don't know. I am worth the hangover. Hangovers are way less, but that's my big thing. Yeah, for the higher okay. the price, the lower the hangover. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you like savor it. You're not just like downing it. Yeah. I don't know. And less sugar. Stuff less like sugar. That. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, sulfites and all that. So book Walter, I'm, was my first winery. Oh, I got to with it. Ever, ever joined. My mom has been a member there forever. Love they it. are, they take care of their members. They also give a portion of their proceeds to like literacy. Love it. Book um, Walter. Book. Yep. Book Walter, so all of their the readers, they have like their names are protagonists, antagonists, conflict, stuff like that. So all conflict is so good. Yes, conflict is so good. You let know the antagonist is that the one I like. Cap Franc. Okay, and that's why. Yeah. And I'm a big kind of funny because like antagonist, like you know, kind of edgy. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of me. So yeah. that, that that it all it all aligns. It all aligns yeah. with so me. <laughs> this is their readers Merlot. Um, it's just a good. My parents always call it a Tuesday wine. A Tuesday wine. Okay. Like something you're not gonna open up a fifty dollar bottle of wine on. But um, right next to the mic too. <laughs> there you go. Really pretty dark purple, little bit of red, like barely a hint of red. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Not sweet. Not sweet. Yeah. No. Good flavor. Actually, like pretty dry. I would pretty say. dry. Not overly bold, but still a good amount of flavor. Like a little bit of bold, kind of like on the tip of your tongue at the end. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah. And for that is a good Tuesday wine. Yep. Yeah. Tuesday wine. And it's actually Tuesday. It is Tuesday. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so how was your morning? My morning was busy. I got up and got the kids ready for school. Um, my father-in-law is sitting with us right now. So also just making sure he is taken care of. Um, and then I got the kids after school. I went to CrossFit 
I was just not feeling my workout today, to be honest. It was just a little bit rough. So, yeah, and it just, it wasn't a hard day. It was just, it was like back squats, but it was like seven rounds of three reps. And ugh, so, ugh. yeah, and I just didn't, I just was like, I, I did not sleep well last night and my dog was like sick last night oh, and no. just like all the things. So I yeah. just was like not feeling my workout today. But you got it done though. I got it done. I didn't get a zero. I showed up. Showed up. <laughs> and then I went to physical therapy for my tennis elbow. From pickleball. From pickleball. Summer pickleball. <laughs> Can't wait for summer. Oh my gosh. We started, so I got into pickleball like almost a year ago. Yeah. And then I got her into yeah. it. And Have we played seen, a lot the, the last summer. Yes. Have you seen the bar in Marysville that's a pickleball yeah, bar? Yeah, Bali. Yes. I have a $150 gift card waiting for me there okay. that I won on the grand opening. And oh. I still haven't gotten. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. You oh, <laughs> need to do something. I know. I know. The problem is my tennis uh, ball is so bad. I haven't played pickleball since August. And finally, in January, I was like, I should probably do something about yeah. this. So my CrossFit gym actually... Uh, has physical therapy on site, okay. and so I just started that a couple weeks ago. They actually think that it, my tennis elbow is stemming from a neck problem, like a bad nerve mm. kind of connection. And so, holy cow, you a good chiropractor. I have a chiropractor, okay. which that does help, but like there's a just a ton of like strengthening that I need to do in my like upper, upper shoulders, yeah. and they did a ton of like manual work on me today. And anyway, like it's it's feeling pretty good right now, but. Yeah. Did that, and then of course got ready to podcast with you. So here we are, yeah. a little bit slower this week, I would say. Like client-wise, I do expect like after Wednesday, Thursday hits with listings, I probably will be showing quite a bit Thursday, yeah. Friday. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what my day's been like. How about you? Yeah, I got the kid up. She's actually slept in, so I have a two-year-old that slept until seven fifteen. Is Take that. That's sleeping in? Um, that's kind of a normal. She's been waking up a little bit okay. earlier the last few weeks, but seven-ish. So that's not bad. um giving me plenty of time to have a slow nice. morning, get ready, get things aligned. Love it. Um Are you like are you the type of person that you need a cup of coffee? No. Stat? No. No. I typically okay. get ready and then I'll go make breakfast and matcha. then I actually drink matcha in the morning. Not matcha, not, okay. Not coffee, okay. Um, so I have, I'll make my my matcha tea and nice. Um, then go. go pick up the nanny and send them off to Perfect. to have some fun and just kind of did handful of computer work this morning and got a couple pre approvals coming in. So nice. Kind of kind of getting started on those. So hopefully, okay. Are you taking more loan applications lately? Yes, there has okay. been. I saw a stat that mortgage applications went up nine point nine percent in the first week of, okay. of so moderate uptick. I wouldn't say that's like crazy. Yeah, I mean, but I think it's. I think we'll really see it the next coming weeks. You yeah, know, yeah. this lingering still after the first of the year, and then it's it's hard it's with stats because you're not going to know time. Time is yes. going to tell, and they're always like yeah. a slight. You know, that was still probably late. for the first week of right. January. Stuff like that. So, um, nice. so last episode we went through um, kind of the intake process and the beginning process. This episode we're going through. Okay, the client is pre-approved. Mm -hmm. I've said, okay, you are pre-approved up to this amount. Your comfort is this amount. Mm -hmm. 
and my words are typically go have fun with your agent and um and go home shop like that's fun part you get to view all these homes um what does that look like from your side yeah so this is step two of my four-step process that i i run with my clients so step two after we have signed an exclusive so let's say we did that trial by tour we toured those five homes you're getting getting to know me dating me a little bit you're like okay maurice is my person or you already decided that off the bat we sign that exclusive agreement i'm going to send you up with send you up set you up with an auto email from that multiple listing service so our multiple listing service mls is northwest mls locally so i'm going to set you up with an auto email the MLS is where we as agents, when we have a listing, we input it into the MLS. So get your listing info from the source, yes. not all these auxiliary other places. Zillow uh-huh. isn't connected to the M- no. a- a- MLS. Is no. Redfin? Redfin is. Redfin they're is. a brokerage. Okay, that's what I thought. But Zillow is yes. not connected no. with MLS. So agents have to specifically upload stuff. No. Oh. So Zillow, as far as my understanding is, is they are pulling um, third-party data from brokerages. So brokerages, when you see, like if you're on Remax's site, for example, and you're looking at listings, that's an IDX feed direct from the MLS. So updates pretty quickly. Is it as quick as the MLS? No. Zillow is pulling data from brokerages. Okay. Yeah. So definitely don't use Zillow. I don't love Zillow. Don't use Redfin or Zillow for home estimate value. No, please don't, don't do that. Please don't. But That's definitely it. don't use Zillow for home shopping. Yeah. So here, here's why: don't use the Redfin, the is it, no Zillow's estimate. Yeah. Don't use that. Don't use the Redfin estimate as a good gauge for the value of a home. It is a computer algorithm. It is not a human being literally going in and making adjustments for the interior yeah. finishes, the quality the yard space, the square feet size, all of that it is a computer algorithm. So just, just keep that in the back of your mind. You need an agent to run a CMA for you, which I'll talk about that later yeah. this episode. But so you sign your exclusive agreement with me. I'm going to set you up with an auto email from the MLS. So based on you filled out your buyer workbook with me, we're going to together via a zoom call, like 15, 20 minutes, we will set up your search area within the MLS, your criteria, Okay, I want minimum three bedrooms. I'm going off your minimum actually, and we're gonna build off from there. So I need minimum two car garage, those sort of things, your map area, we're gonna select that. Get that set up so that every time a new listing hits the market, you immediately get that info. So you can get an email and a text, one or the other, or you can get both or one or the other. The other thing I like to do is set you up on my HomeSpotter app. So it's, a, it's an app that's branded to me, specifically as your agent, you download it from the link that I send you, you get to create your own search. Mm-hmm. And then you, what's cool is like, you can create your own search. I see what you see. You can message me within the app. The other thing is, is that you can look at all the listings on the MLS. So if you're like, I just want to have fun today. I'm going to look at all the waterfront properties. Yeah. Like you can do that. So it's essentially a Redfin app, a Redfin yeah. search Redfin's that you can app, do. But it's tied but it's, directly to the MLS. Yes. Yes, it's tied it directly. is tied directly to the MLS, so the data is going to update very quickly. You get to, get to communicate with me directly yep. within the app, which I love. So yeah. we do that, and then basically, you know, I, I in my intake, I want to know when you can look at properties. So if you can only see properties in the evening or only on the weekends, like I'll work based off of your schedule. 
So what I typically tell clients is I can turn around showings pretty quickly. Like I would like to have four hours notice, I would say at minimum. Um, and if I can't turn around showing, then I will say, hey, I'm not available then, but hey, let's, let's do, I can do X time. Or if that doesn't work, I almost always have a colleague that can help me out. So I, I can get you into homes pretty quickly. Typically I say, let's, let's stop at like six homes. If, you, if someone was like, hey, I want to go out on, on a yeah. Saturday. And we're doing no like more a caravan. Yeah. Like, I don't want to show you more than, I mean, I, I, of course I want to show you all the homes that you want to see. After six homes, everything starts blurring together and you will have such a hard time keeping track of each home. <laughs> and I just don't, I don't love that for you. I want you to be able to remember the homes. Yeah. Um, you are free to go to open houses. The one caveat to that is new construction. New construction often, I would say the majority of the time, needs me as your agent present in order for me to receive compensation if you want to ride on a property and get to closing. Okay. If I'm not there with you present on your first visit and you write an offer, I typically will get zero dollars. Interesting. So please, please, please check with me before yes. new construction. Even if it's an open house. Even if it's an open house because they require you to register and you walk into their door. Yep. And if I'm not there physically, bye-bye compensation. So interesting. Yeah. And we're, you know, we talked last episode about transparency. That's just one thing that I'm yeah. really transparent with you about. I don't do this for free. Yeah. Right. This, this is our job. This is our job. We do not get paid until closing. Yeah. So for both of us. For both of us. And so that's just something that I ask you to honor that. Yeah. Me. Um, so yeah, free to go to open houses. Um, obviously I've got like a client right now who they want to go to open houses primarily. And then if they're like, Oh, this is really great. Like, can you run comps on it? Awesome. I'll, I'll go do that. If they want to write an offer on it, I for sure want to get eyeballs on it. I don't yeah. want to just blindly write an offer and I haven't seen it because what if there's a resale problem with it? Yeah. Um, yeah. so when we're actually touring homes, we're spending about 30 minutes per listing, looking through the homes. And during that time I am looking for things that could be a problem if you had to sell it in the future. So it's called resale concerns. So if it has poor natural light, if it has a terrible layout that would have to take a big structural update to get it to be a good layout. Um, road noise is a big thing. Airplane noise. If you're looking at Uncle Tio area, like airplane noise can be a big deal. Buria and Seatad, like those areas. So I'm looking for things that if a big life change happened, you wouldn't be like blaming, blaming me for not telling you about that, right? Just transparency. Just transparency. What? I want you to be happy with your purchase and I don't want you to be surprised if God forbid in a year your spouse dies and you need to sell the property. Yeah. Oh, Marisa, you didn't point out that we have really bad or road it's, noise. It's also a factor that like, like whether it's full resale or it's also why is this home price slightly under the home down the street and kind of getting right. a full idea of, of the different prices. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, what I, I like to tell clients this, you are not wasting my time by having me tour multiple homes with you. Please do not ever think that you're wasting my time. Yeah. I actually love going and touring homes. It is one of my favorite parts of my job. I get to see the neighborhoods. I get to see different types of architecture. I get to see different design styles. I get to know you and like your preferences too. So it's really, really good for us to go and view homes together. Yeah. Um, I've had clients, we saw one home and that was it. I've had one client, it took him nine months. 
and like 60, 70 homes that yep. we toured together before they wrote an offer. So it's like, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. And if it takes us a hundred homes before you find the one cool. Yeah. Like I, I want it's, you to feel comfortable. It's all, so it's all, all the process. Yeah. So, um, then if you end up liking a home, typically what I will do is I'm a going to have you reach out to your lender and have them run numbers. So what does that look like when I say, Hey, Danae, so-and-so wants to, I think it's going to write an offer on this. I think the price is going to be this, maybe some seller closing costs, maybe not. Yep. What does that look like for you? Yeah. So all clients obviously pre-approved already. Yep. And I'll just kind of update the numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'll update, you know, sometimes I'll, if you don't already, I'll say what, what's the high end of your, of your purchase price offer. Cause I, you like to go minimums, uh, uh, bedrooms, all that. I like to go maximum sure. because numbers will only go down if things go lower. So I'll ask, okay, what's the max that you think you'd offer, get a gauge on selling credit or anything like that. And then I'll run a scenario so I can give the client, I'll pull, um, accurate taxes on that specific right. property. Insurance will still be estimate, but it will really fine tune down the monthly payment and the total cash to close. Yeah. Cause taxes and HOA dues can impact your monthly payment. And it's so important that you understand that before yeah. you write an offer and not get surprised. And really the HOAs is the one that right. not only affects the, the monthly payment, but it can affect pre-approval. Right. If someone all of a sudden switches from a condo to a single or from a single family to a condo, that could potentially ruin a pre-approval letter. Like yeah. they can, they can be approved for a $500,000 single family, but then they go to a $500,000 condo and there's $500 HOA dues. They may not be approved for that. Yeah. So there's also, there's not only making sure comfort is still there, but making sure approval still there if there's that switch. Right. Um, I have some clients that are like, okay, I'll do here. They, they start their search. Here's the first one. They go through a couple and then they're like, okay, I get a gauge every, you know, as long as we're within $10,000 of whatever starting price point, this is about where, and they're comfortable with that. There's other ones that every single one, they want an update, which is totally fine. It's a very fine tune. Um, and it just really helps them make an offer of what they're comfortable with. Right. Whether it's, you know, okay, we need to ask for $5,000 more seller credit or no, this is, this is a little bit above. If we can, if we can only get $5,000 seller credit instead of 10, we're still within our comfort zone. So they can really help you set up the offer and potential later ne negotiations right. on what's, what they're going to be comfortable with. So typically, again, if client is remotely interested in offering, I want updated numbers from you yep. because that's going to determine whether you feel comfortable with that monthly payment. Yep. And please, if you're not comfortable with the monthly payment, don't pop the brakes. <laughs> don't make the offer. Okay. If you are not comfortable, I don't want you writing an offer. Yep. Truly. So that's why we do that. I don't want you to be surprised. Mm -hmm. So that's a key step in that process. I will, of course, contact the listing agent, figure out if it's a competitive situation. If it's competitive, there's going to be, be some things that we're going to talk about, like pre-inspecting, doing your due diligence before you offer. And I don't want to get too far in the weeds on that, but that 
conversation with that listing agent is going to be crucial to giving you the information you need to write a competitive offer or an offer that maybe is a little bit more uh, attuned to you as the buyer, you yeah. know? <laughs> so um, then I will gather the seller documents. So on the multiple listing service MLS, there is what's called supplements and they are documents that the seller or seller is required to provide to the buyer. So things like the legal description has to be initialed by the seller. Um, the form 17, which is the seller disclosure statement, there's going to be like utilities, um, title report, if they did an inspection report, those sort of things, those are going to be on supplements and only we as agents have access to those. So I'm going to release those to you, give you access to those so that you can review them. If you have questions, let's talk through it. Is that also the form that like, if there was, they asked like, do you acknowledge any issues or stuff like that? Is that on form 17? Yeah, so form 17, seller disclosure statement, it's on page five. If you if the seller answered any questions with yes, so for example, has the roof leaked in the last five years and they answer yes, they have to reference that particular number of question in on the bottom of page five and explain what happened. Okay. So just Where does that, so kind of tangent, where does that play into underwriting? Yeah, so if there's anything on there that is, you know, call it a roof leak, it, sure. it's not clear that it's been fixed. Fixed? Yeah. Um, and even if it has, like they say that it has, we may need some sort of confirmation that it has. Okay. A lot of the time that comes from the appraiser. Okay. Saying like, there's no roof leaks or something like that. Sure. But if stuff is called out on there, mm -hmm. um, underwriting is always concerned with health and safety concerns. Mm. So if it's if it's something that's not a health and safety concern, it's probably yeah. not a big big issue. Sure. If it's if it's something like a roof, they're going to be concerned about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if if it's a health and safety concern, it either needs to be proof that it's been fixed or it needs to be fixed prior to it. Okay. So if something is on there, mm -hmm. um, we have to figure out how to get it rectified. Okay. And, it, and it really depends on what it is. If it's something that's called out for on the appraisal, mm -hmm. which we'll dive into appraisals a lot deeper in the yes. later episode. Yeah. Um, if the appraiser calls something out, they'll put the appraisal subject to, mm. and we have to have them go back out, do another reinspection after it's done. Got it. Um, and then ultimately have the report say as is. Mm -hmm. If it's something that's just called out on the PSA for sale agreement or um, like on an addendum because seller credit was negotiated and said um, the outlet covers need to be adjusted. Since it's on there, we have to get something, whether it's de depending on the severity, sometimes it's just an email from the client saying, I'm happy with with what's being fixed. Sometimes it is a proof of receipt from a contractor. Sure. So it really depends on what it is and the severity mm -hmm. or you know, lack of severity yeah. of health and safety concerns. Gotcha. So kind of tying into that, tying that together is the form 17, so the seller disclosure statement is one of the documents that you are you as the client are going to review. And depending on the answers to those, that could, it could impact your lending potentially. Yeah. I wouldn't say the majority of the time. I think it's no. a minority of the time, but it could impact whether or not you want to write an offer on that property. Because not so, only 
could it cause could it maybe cause a headache in lending but it could also if there's something that's marked yes yeah more than likely there is an issue right so it's like do are you are you ready for a fixer upper are you ready for these potential concerns yeah so seller documents i'm going to send those to you and we will next next episode we're going to touch on kind of reviewing those documents together and the actual offer process but you're going to get a copy of those. I'm also going to be, while you're reviewing that, I'm gonna be working on what's called a CMA, Comparative Market Analysis. So basically I am looking at homes that have sold within a two mile radius of the subject property that you're offering on, potentially offering on, and that have sold in the last six months. This is very similar to how appraisers will approach figuring out whether a home is worth what the buyer is paying for it. Mm -hmm. So really important that you have that data to know whether or not a property is underpriced because maybe then it's gonna get competitive. Happened to me last week. (laughs) Two two scenarios where they underpriced it. Um, or maybe it's like right at that top end value. And so we know, okay, it's not probably going to appraise if it goes beyond that value. And to prepare them for. And to prepare you potentially for an appraisal shortfall. This is like your dream home and it's overpriced. I'm going to talk you through that and be like, yeah. hey, this this kind of a red flag to me. Yeah. If and you if you want to take that on, okay, great. Here's what could happen yep. though, down the line with the appraisal. Again, we can talk about that later. But that the CMA is really going to be a good tool for you as a buyer to figure out whether or not it's worth what you are going to write as the purchase price for yeah. the property. Yeah. So that basically is step two is basically we go to our homes and we start prepping for the idea of writing an offer. Yeah. And next week we are going to go over how to write an offer and you definitely have a big role in that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's writing the offer, the contingencies that you yeah. guys go through, and then offer accepted. Yes. And that's really where I come that's back in. That's no time. And like, that's, that is you are center stage. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, we'll kind of go through all of that because I feel like the pre-approval process was just kind of like a little dangly. Hey, <laughs> it seems so simple. And the pre-approval process is fairly simple. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, the the work to actually close a loan right. comes after your offer. You have to get so. final approval. That is what we yep. are really going to we'll be talking about. we through all of those steps. Yeah. So. All right. Perfect. Well, well cheers, cheers, y'all. Thanks for joining us on another episode of At Home with Danae and Marisa on Corking Seattle Area Real Estate. If you enjoyed our uncorked insights and want to stay connected, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Until next time, here's to finding your dream home and making every space truly your own. Cheers.